It's really important if we think about who we want to be, it's often who we become. Now, I don't know for those, I'm sure many people have read The Secret or, you know, you may or may not believe in its entirety. But the idea being, if we think of our future self and we think positively about who we want to be, who we want to become, actually be amazed at how many good things come your way. And that's because we are, hopefully, in that moment, if we're visualizing it, you're going to be less distracted. You're going to be more focused on the things that allow us to achieve that goal or that outcome. Welcome to the Mindful Paths podcast with Nick Day and Harry Kalimnios, where we explore the fascinating worlds of mindset, mindfulness, fitness, well-being, vitality, leadership, and personal development. Our goal is to provide you with the insights to help you live a more fulfilling, happier, and healthier life. If you're striving to be a better parent, friend, leader, colleague, or boss, or if you simply want to be more mindful and aware of the world around you, then this Mindful Paths podcast is for you. We invite you all to eavesdrop on our conversations and we challenge you to discover a new insight to help you on your own journey towards personal growth and positive change. So sit back, relax, and let's begin our journey together on the Mindful Paths podcast. Hello, Harry. How are you doing, buddy? Good to see you. Uh, yeah, nice to see you too. I've just come in from work and the gym. Managed to fit in a, a quick 45-minute session before uh, joining you this evening. Uh, I felt like I needed it as I was explaining off-air. We had a bit of a a fight break out in a, in a workshop that I had at one of the schools, which I've never had in hundreds of workshops that I've delivered. Um, so, um, so yeah, it was a, it was a bit intense, but um, yeah. So I thought going to the gym, get rid of any excess cortisol, and uh, and now I'm good to go for our conversation tonight. Good man. Uh, yeah, I imagine I got the adrenaline flowing. I was the other way around, man. I was riding on my watt bike earlier, and literally it stopped working. So I had a pre, it's nothing more frustrating than a pre-planned workout. You want to get your daily fix, you know, you're kind of going geared around it. And literally I was riding and the switch that, that powers it just dropped out the bottom. Um, right. Now, fortunately, they've been amazing at trying to sort it. I phoned them up straight away. I was like, this shouldn't happen. And they're like, well, we have 500 switches uh, in stock. So obviously it's a, it has to be a common fault. Uh, yeah. Eight quid. It's going to be out 24 hours. I can fit it myself. So oh, I'm right. slightly relieved. I, thought I had these visions of it being winter time orders being high no one can get out to me and that's all my mm. training whatever uh up the swanny but actually it looks like they can get it sorted out quickly so uh, i'm a workout down and as you saw when you joined in it's been a frenetic day so uh, when we first signed into the, to the zoom call uh, i was uh, midway through a ring donut which was uh <laughs> not a great way of how to live a healthy and you're holding a pepsi can this is on the go uh sustenance which um you know, it goes against everything we probably both believe in. But hey, you know, which sometimes we... Uh, well, you know, I mean, this is the thing is when you don't... When I don't have things planned in, I mean, I like, you know, you grab what, what's available. So, so it is a lot about planning. Um, and so, you know, when you know you, you've got a busy run to have kind of healthier things I th- I th- around. I think but, it links to something we want to talk about today, though, right? So mm. and it's, I'll, I'll, I'll make the link clear. How I would quite like to talk about productivity and distraction. But interestingly, had I not walked into the kitchen moments ago, having just dropped off my daughter and had not been confronted with my son who used his pocket money to buy 12 donuts, mm. uh, I wouldn't have taken one. I would have taken something else, probably more. I would have probably yeah. grabbed a banana because that was in my eye line and come back in. But because we purchased it, because it's in front of me and it's a go-to thing, what are the quick things I can grab? I can grab a Coke from the fridge. I can grab a banana. Now, you could argue the Coke shouldn't be in the fridge. That's my bad. But the donuts wouldn't usually be there. And if he hadn't bought them earlier, I didn't know he bought them. I just walked in, saw them, thought I'm clearly craving some energy before the call, yeah. some sugar. But I grabbed it. But usually I'd grab a banana. 
So that's a good example of where if the wrong things are in front of you, we yeah. often make the wrong choices, which I, I know is a slightly uh, tedious link, but you want to talk today no, about but it's, it's productivity, actually... right? And if we have, if we're not distracted as yeah. much, we can be way more productive. I mean, I think that's actually, it is a good link because, you know, one of my, uh, uh, now a lot of the time people want strategies when it comes to productivity and uh, being distraction free right. and things, which is the wrong way to think about it in, in my view. Um, because the, the, the hacks, if you like, are probably the third step in, in the process that, that you're looking at when it comes to kind of finding your productivity and your flow. Um, but it does lead a good, a good point because one of the things I say is, let's say you, you don't want to be distracted from your mobile phone. I'm sure we've talked about it before, but like if I'm on a call, like I'm on the call with you now, I'm not going to have it in my line of sight because if I do have it in my yeah. line of sight, it's going to play on my mind. Just like if I go to dinner with someone or I'm having a coffee with someone and they've got their mobile phone out on their table, even if it's face down, even if it's on silent, even if they promise not to look at it, <clears throat> subconsciously, I feel like I'm competing for their attention with the attention of the phone. Whereas if it was just in their bag or in their pocket, I mean, I actually don't like it in the pocket because subconsciously you're feeling it in there. So I prefer to have it somewhere else. Um, you're much more focused. Um, but yeah, I think productivity and distractions and, and ultimately I, I think tech is a big part of this, but tech is not the main, I mean, tech is an issue, but it's not the reason we're distracted. We've been distracted since before tech. That's that's the point. It's, it's uh, an issue, though, that I mean, if you think about tech, for most of us, I mean, there are millions of distractions out there. For most of us, it's our mobile phone. You mentioned that a moment ago. Sometimes we're just, we, we actually try to distract ourselves just to see if there is something we can be distracted by. It's like, I could put my phone on silent and turn it away or, or, or keep it out of view. But sometimes there's a little bit of us that your eye will turn to see. Is there a notification? It's not mm. like the notification has made us check that we know what's going on. Actually, we sometimes check just to see if there is a notification available I mean, to us. It's like we're I mean, looking you, for I mean, I remember years ago, uh, before the mobile phones started having um, some of these well-being things in there, there was an app called Checky. I don't know if you heard of that app, but I, I think it, I've heard of it through you, actually. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So it was an app, basically, which would tell you how many times you checked your phone. And I can't remember it off the top of my head, but I do have some some data points that I've got. Um, I'm just looking at now from the from the book that I, I wrote. Now, this comes from a variety of of uh, sources. I won't go through those because they're, they're listed in, in the book somewhere. But 61 percent of people are addicted to devices. People spend two hours a day recovering from distractions. Uh, people visit on average 40 websites a day, engage in 37 activities an hour and change tasks every two minutes. Uh, the mind wanders 47% of the time. And presenteeism, which is being at work but not really being at work, costs six times as much as absenteeism. Um, and having awareness of one unread email in the inbox is equivalent to a 10-point IQ reduction. Um, people spend eight hours, 41 minutes looking at screens each day, and the average person checks their smartphone. Oh, it's in here. 150 times a day, it's probably gone up. A lot, isn't it? 80% um, of people admit to checking their smartphone first thing in the day. So, yeah, just a few stats out there. But um, it's interesting that you talked about wanting to check the phone. And and this is this comes basically back to dopamine. So dopamine, I think people think of it as a as a pleasure hormone, but it's not. Um, it's really actually a seeking hormone. So it creates a desire within us to seek out new experiences. And then we get a small opioid hit when we find what we're looking for. 
But the challenge is that the opioid reward that you get is comparatively much smaller than the dopamine secretion that you end up getting from wanting to seek more, more and more. And so then you end up continually scrolling and dopamine thrives on unpredictability. So for example, each time you visit Facebook, you don't really know how many notifications you're likely to get or how many likes on Instagram or how many emails or text messages you get. And so that unpredictability feeds dopamine, right? Adds fuel to the fire. And so, you know, when actually the, the research shows that the brain is more, has more activity when people are anticipating a reward rather than actually receiving the reward. Um, so yeah, and I think I'm looking at here, it says research on rats shows that if you destroy dopamine neurons, rats can walk, chew and swallow, but will starve to death even when food is right next to them. Um, so basically, like technology is effectively. I think there's drug. something interesting in there, though, right? So it's interesting that we we favour as humans. I don't know I'm I'm as bad as this. I'm sure this is a, a, a human thing, a human trait, right? So it's not just me or, or the average person. This is most people. We favour that that tiny, tiny, tiny opioid response, as you put that tiny dopamine response, over and above what is a far more significant response if we focus our attentions elsewhere. What I mean by that is. There was a, there's a quote by um, John D. Lem, which says, your results are the product of either personal focus or personal distractions, right? Which I think links to mm. what we're talking about here. Now, I know if I spend an hour focused on something that I generally want to do to grow the person that I am, so focus on a growth area, learning the guitar, uh, focus on coaching, reading a book that's on self-development, whatever it is, I know, learning a language, whatever, like focused work, um, with a with an output that gets me to a bigger goal of learning a language in that, in that example, learning a guitar. Right? I know if I manage to achieve that and I then go to France and I'm able to speak French or Spain, speak Spanish or whatever, that response is going to be way greater than the mini responses I get by quickly checking my phone on Facebook. And yet, mm. one of the single biggest reasons that many of us that listen to this or do whatever they do don't manage to achieve their, their broader goals of learning a guitar, learning a language, changing career, taking a course or whatever that thing might be is because we are consistently distracted by smaller dopamine levels of response that prevent us from doing the things that really allow us to to grow and i think that's a crying shame it's a real real shame that people don't realize that it's the, it's the many many impacts the great the, they don't appreciate the greater impact it has by having those loads of many things i read a, a great um just just to mention this as a as a, as a case in point Sylvester Stallone talks about writing a book, and I've I've taken this logic on, and I've followed it since I read this. So I'm about um, thirty two thousand words in, but I haven't checked any of it, right? So it could yeah. all be terribly. That's my first draft, and something that I'm writing at the moment. But he said, if everyone just wrote a page a day instead of looking at their phones or or scrolling social media, by the end of the year, he'd have a book of three hundred sixty five pages, right? And that's 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 incredible. So. But we don't do that. A lot of us want to write a book. A lot of us want to do different things. Mm. Instead, we choose the option to be distracted for that mini response. The question, I guess, is for you, just thinking that out loud as, as I go, is it because we're looking for that, that response or is it actually because of bigger factors that we don't quite feel that we're capable of doing that bigger thing that 
it's an easy escape route. I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking I mean, out there's a few, I think there's a few things. Um, quick sidebar, though, as you mentioned, Sylvester Stallone, I recently watched his Netflix documentary, which was, you know, didn't really tell me anything new. Um, you mean but, Arnold Schwarzenegger or Sylvester Stallone? Uh, Sylvester Stallone's one. I ah, did the... I say Sylvester? I meant Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's what I meant. Oh, okay. You, meant, you said Sylvester Stallone. Sorry, that's uh, my bad. I don't know what happened. You meant Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, he's just come out with a new book. But either way, both of those guys I, I really rate in certain ways. Uh, obviously, not everything they, they've ever done, but um, I think they've got you've got a lot to learn from both of those. But um, I think a couple of things, right? So one of the things um, now I, I've um, read this book called Indistractable by Nir Eyal, which I really recommend reading. I've, I've recommended it to a few people. I've not people. read it. Yeah, but um, it talks about distraction, and and the first thing is he kind of gives four stages to it, and I can't remember exactly his four stages, but I've um, tweaked it a little bit uh, for for my purposes. But the first one, and the reason, like like I said, a lot of time people jump for that. What can I do? to stop me looking at my phone or what can I do to keep me more focused? But the first thing is to master your state or your mood, because we tend to be distracted when, um, you know, okay, there's boredom or we are thinking of like, so basically your mood and your state is dictated by three things, right? This is, I think we've mentioned it before, but effectively it's what you pay attention to, the meaning yeah. and language you, you assign to what you pay attention to and the physical actions you take. And so, Firstly, it's understanding to manage your mood because it comes from internal triggers first. The external triggers are there. Yes, the phone and the you know, emails popping through. But we need, need to master our internal state first because if we're not mastering that, it's going to be really easy for us to be distracted. Now, it's also worth understanding what the word distraction means, right? This means, I guess, away from or anti or something like that. And traction means, I guess, moving towards or like taking action most people if i'm asking okay you're distracted right they're looking at their phone or whatever it might be and you ask them what they're distracted from they don't normally have a plan so they don't have a plan of action for that hour or for that two hours or something like that so then it's really easy to be taken away from something because you don't know there is nothing that you've been taken away from so they're the first two things that i would think that we need to to manage now a lot of time we, we, we are distracted because we are procrastinating, right? We're putting off doing the thing that we know could improve our lives or know could improve our, our things. Now, part of that reason might be for some people, it might be perfection syndrome, right? Like they, you know, they don't think they can get the thing perfect, so they don't go for it. For others, they don't know how or they're afraid of failing at that thing. And it's just easier to take this. And remember, we are lazy creatures by de by design and it's helped keep us alive because why would we ever go to the next valley to find fruit and stuff if we've got fruit in our own valley because there's more danger in the other valley and so because we don't know what's going on there so we are designed to do things that require little effort if we can right and not expend energy and so that's another reason and all of these things happen way before the phone or the emails or anything else but when you don't master your uh, your state you don't have a plan of what you want to do like for example a classic example is coming home now i came home at 5 15 we're doing the call at 5 45 i know i had exactly 30 minutes to do what i wanted to do which was you know quickly make a tiny little bit of food prep the food that i'm going to cook afterwards um sort out a couple of messages that needed to go out from people and then sit down and ready and i did that all in 30 minutes normally when i come back from work if i don't have a call like this 
I'll get in, I might put on the phone and put on a YouTube video and then suddenly I'm distracted by that. And then I'm, and that 45 minutes is gone. This is why I went to the gym instead of coming home before and doing the gym work at home because I get distracted easily at home. But I've, I've got a dilemma here. Yeah. This is absolutely true. I had this conversation. So I've come back from wetting the baby's head of a friend of mine, uh, Jeff, who just had his first baby, Albert. And um, we're in London. I haven't seen these guys for ages. Went to university with them. And it was a really, really good uh, few days. I don't know if, if they're listening to this or not. They obviously know I've got the show. And interesting, actually, I was there for the first night was to meet two podcasters of another show that relates to fantasy football that had an evening in Friday. So I met those hosts and it was, yeah, it was all, all quite quite fun. Anyway, I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm not, to, it's not relevant. Um, the point was when we were sat there, a group of them that we met, and it's like five of them was there, they make it, regularly meet to play uh, like FIFA on a Wednesday night. They all connect, they chat, they communicate. And that's their, their social bubble, their social bucket here. Uh, is get gets filled, and I'm not part of it. There's a bit of FOMO going on, right? Yeah. And they've got this on a PS5. Now I've come back going to my wife. Oh, I feel like I need to get a PS5. They're like 500 quid. They're not cheap. And I think. Well, my my son's really into gaming, and maybe it's something where we can bond on. And there's only one game I want. It'd be FIFA. And the only reason I want it is so that we can meet once a week for an hour and a half or whatever and play FIFA. And it's just a chance to be. Apparently, you can speak. I don't. I haven't got one, so I don't know. But apparently, you can speak through the 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 controllers and they have a bit of banter. They play for like 90 minutes. Now, I have two issues with this. It's not the not necessarily the cost, because I can I can make that justified one way or another. It's more the fact that I know I have a bit of an addictive personality mm. and I'll get into certain things. And also I like to be good at stuff. So if I'm going to play this regularly, I'm going to want to do quite well and be relatively competitive, which is going to need time for me to get better at the game probably before we start playing. I also know there's a rabbit hole for me that if I start doing this, this is going to give me a distraction that I don't want in my life because it will stop me doing the things I really want to do. Write that book, whatever. You know, there's loads of things, learning language, doing Duolingo, whatever it might be. And I'll stop doing those because I'll have to find the time from somewhere in order to find that 90 minutes a week yeah. plus whatever practice time I need to play. So what I've said to my wife is I'm really in this this dilemma is a dile- for me. It's a genuine dilemma, right? I yeah, want yeah. the social connection time. One of my best friends is who's involved is moving away. He lives about an hour and a half from me now. He's moving to Bahrain, right? So, I mean, you know, it's, it's a chance for us to stay connected. One of my friends already part of this group lives in Saudi Arabia, as it is. So none of us live. In, the other two live in sort of Margate Way. So we're opposite, opposite ends of the, of this country or, or or these shores. So. As FOMO there, like, these are my best friends. I really want to stay in regular contact. This is a mm. regular way of doing so. That's all positive. But I know if I've got that little shiny thing upstairs that plays football games, which I love, and I haven't allowed any computer games to come into my life because I used to be addicted to them pretty badly, mm. right? Yeah. I don't know if I want that back in my life either. And I don't still don't quite know what to do. I suspect I'll probably get one and I'll try and be really disciplined with my management. But yeah. I do also know... The distraction is an absolute killer for goals, visions, dreams. I mean, you, you, any do of these achieve, you achieve it's whether a lot. you call it a distraction anyway. or not. Um, <laughs> I I think look, I I'm kind of I haven't played computer games probably since the um, early nineties when it was the Nintendo Entertainment System. Um, it's probably a decade for me. It's been certainly been about okay, 10 it's been years. a decade. But I, 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 except for when I've you got, play with your so, with Leo. Yeah, so full disclosure, tomorrow morning, six o'clock every Tuesday yeah. morning, I get yeah. up early and me and Leo play an hour on his Switch on whatever game he chooses. He hammers me everything. It's the yeah. only hour I play. I don't have my own Switch. So it's oh, interestingly, so he, so, so he hammers you, right? And you're okay with that, yeah? I'm okay with that. 
So this was we, we a couple of things that maybe you might want to entertain because I understand the connection piece. Um, I know if I was in your position, I probably wouldn't get the no, game. I, I accept that you probably wouldn't. Um, and, and partly for that is I, I see a lot of students as well who, who you know, they, they do talks about gaming and they and we, we kind of spin it. And we say, OK, it's good for like teamwork. It's good for like this, good for that. But at the same time, I look at them and I look at other people who are doing actual teamwork and actual like being out and doing things. And I think there's a world of difference, right? Oh, I couldn't agree more. It's why right. I don't have it in my house. Yeah. But you can also argue the fact that, you know, you are, you know, spread geographically and it's going to help you. Now, if you can get over the point of wanting to be really good at it, this is, I think, the challenge for you. It's not necessarily the gaming. It's getting like it's reframing it in the way that you've got it with Leo, where it's about spending quality. The time result doesn't person. matter. It's about the social connection. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then okay, then you can justify the ninety minutes a week. I think where you're going to spiral is where you want to get, get better, better and, and and spend the time. So, in a way, we were talking about your Pepsi before and your donuts and all of this. I know what I'm like as a person, right? And the classic example was yesterday, um, Sunday. Like it gets dark by about three o'clock these days. I'm in a bit of a kind of you know quandary I went to the cinema and I bought a bunch of stuff at the supermarket that I had planned to use some of it today but it was all in my bag uh, when I went in the cinema so like some chocolate covered almonds and this other chocolate bar and a bag of crisps and whatever and some biscuits whole thing went whole thing went uh, during the course Good of the week, yes, right? and we're all human so I, but the thing is yeah I know what I'm like I've known this since I was I think 13 and I remember because my parents back then used to buy these bags of Watsits, these multi-packs, and I would eat, and Watsits are designed to make you eat more and more, and they don't fill you up anyway. But I would eat all eight packets in the space of about an hour. And so we stopped buying those, and I know I don't buy things in the house, right? So if someone comes to my house, it's very unlikely you're going to see anything there, be it biscuits, chocolate, anything like that. Even when my mum, she tries to be nice and bring around some crisps. And I'm always saying, don't bring around the crisps. Because and she's a great cook as well, by the way. Well, my dad's the cook, actually. My dad's the great oh, cook. Was it? Whoever brought um, that food around when I was yeah, all that. Yeah, he, he's the one that cooked that. Um, but I know that I'm going to eat that, right? So I know that I'm going to have have that. I guess what you could do, if you want to be strict with it, you know the um, kitchen safes. You familiar with the kitchen safe? Oh, yeah. Listen, I, 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 that's way too much effort. I just wouldn't. Yeah. And also... I, I'm in control of it, right? So it's just, it, I would find a way around that working, although I know where yeah, you're going. Yeah, okay. I mean, I, I think maybe there's I mean, a bonding bit there where my son has just asked for his first ever Spurs shirt, having never showed any interest in football his entire life. So that kind of excites me. There's a bit here where I'm hoping this might be a bit of bonding time for the two of us to play as well and get him into a sport that I'm absolutely obsessed with. So, and a team. So I think there's a few little, obviously, I'm finding the positives rather yeah, than the negatives. I mean, you're finding the justification. To miss, I am. to miss out on the FOMO. And what I would say on that is like, I don't know, from my perspective, here, here's the thing. I remember saying to a friend of mine years ago when I, I as I, as you know, I changed my diet many years ago. We haven't talked about food just yet on the, on the podcast. I'm sure we will at some point, but yeah, sure. I remember him asking me uh, and yeah, and I, and then I mentioned to you as well that I rarely get invited out for dinners and things like this. And and it's always a bit of a, an issue. Like some of my friends who are good friends of mine, you know, they're like going out for a steak or whatever. And I actually have stopped getting invited to things like that. Now, I remember saying to a friend, of mine, and I would still go to those things and eat vegetables or whatever. But anyway, it is what it is. But 
I remember saying to a friend of mine when he was asking about this, I said, look, at the end of the day, you have to choose whether you want to live life by your standards or other people's. And so if your standard in life is to, you know, achieve your goals and do whatever it is you want to do, and you know through the awareness that you've got that this purchase might not help you with that, but you want to be one of the boys and in with this thing. I mean, firstly, you've got a choice with awareness, which you're doing. I mean, it's not a distraction in this instance, actually. So I don't know if it's completely relevant to the topic because it's not a distraction. It's a, it's a, as you made, it's a conscious decision to try and stay social with the people that I like. Well, it's life kind with. of a distraction because it is taking you away from traction elsewhere. But correct, but correct. So I'm not. It, I don't time. know what that is yet. But yeah. And this is what I was going to say when we talked about scheduling. If you schedule in, uh, most people have got no schedule anyway. But if you schedule in, right, I'm going to do this from this to this, and then I've got. 15 minutes where I'm going to be looking at my phone or looking at my thing, then that's right. Scheduled time. That's great. That's fine. But it's only a distraction if I don't consider it a, a productive, positive thing, which I should be if I manage it correctly. I mean, I yeah. think, I mean, you've written a book about how to be superhuman, right? And I, I would say that one of, like in the, in the world we live in, right, of social media, which is just intense and all the time, you're talking about why we get distracted. I think there's a few reasons we get distracted. One I think which wasn't mentioned really necessarily is boredom. Very mm. bored. And that's what well, this is managing your state. But also boredom yeah, is something sure. that you should I, I was saying we should probably talk about that, but boredom is something you want. We want boredom. Most people don't want boredom, which is why they get their phone out, but we need boredom, is my point. I would probably reframe the boredom. word boredom. No, no, we need to be. We'll, no, we we'll, we'll come need back to, to that. We'll come back to that. We'll come back to we that. Need so to be I, don't to, I don't want to get too distracted from this okay. conversation. Right. And see what I did there. Anyway, so that's one thing. So boredom, I think, is one. Second one is, I think, yes, you're right. We get the the opioid hit of the small little things we do on social media that that, that we try and do, and we you know the marginal marginal moments that add up. But I think there's a there's an added problem to that is. Social media is very intelligent that it's designed to give you a kickback with likes and, and forwards and other things that we we have a perception then if we do more of it, we become more popular, more fair, whatever it is. You know, there's a most of it's misguided and incorrect, but that's a feeling that we we have. And so we end up the distraction causes more distraction because you want to see if there's a reaction to the thing that you did and that get, continues to feed that dopamine hit. So it's mm. kind of that in there. But I think there's also we we distract ourselves from miseries that happen, from stresses, from yeah. Um, or from challenging conversations or yeah you know we, lo- we lose someone and and we need to we're dealing with grief and things like that but it's funny because distraction really consoles us from from grief it's something i've said to you before like i've got some bad poisons because that whole episode on poisons and one of mine might be gambling or something else mm. i tend to do it when things aren't going quite right in my life so for me it's actually a really important trigger because when i start doing those things I may not notice it straight away, but I'll usually have the awareness now to go, I'm doing that for something else, and this is the real problem. Um, so I think that's something that for me has actually become quite helpful. But for others, it can be a distraction where, you know, it can go too far one way into alcoholism, drugs, or whatever it is people decide to do. And therefore, what's supposed to take us out of misery can actually make us way, way, way more miserable mm. if we can't stop that process. So I think there's a couple of things in 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 as to the reasons we are distracted which I would just thought I'd add in. But going back to the way you're superhuman, therefore, those four different reasons exist. I think, and one of the things that I'm really proud of in my life, in terms of the person that I am, and I would say that you're exactly the same, albeit in different ways, is to be really focused to something is almost like a superhuman trait now because it's, it we is. don't see it that often. 
And right. to be able to say, right, I am going to go and do this. There's my goal. I'm going to commit to it. I'm going to absolutely make sure that's part of my why, part of my purpose. I'm going to make that happen because of X, Y, and Z and have really strong whys as to, you know, the reason for us wanting to go for that goal and staying focused on it till the end of that task, I think is unbelievably commendable in the current world that we live in. And when it doesn't have to be climbing Everest, it can be whatever it is yeah. in your life that, that measures. Well, so I mean, few people are now able to do it. We're so oh, rather taken away off and we don't achieve. So I think that's almost a superhuman trait. To yeah, well, it is. It's very rare. Um, I think the acronym FOCUS, I like follow one course until success. And it's this yeah. idea of just having that singular. I mean, again, go back to meditation. Meditation helps you with these sorts of things. But but I mean, interestingly, and I don't know if this is going to help on what you're doing or not, but I, it reminds me there was this study and I, I've got this um, acronym that I like called CIA. CIA stands for choices in advance. And as part of um, productivity and distraction free and everything else, um, I, I detail in the book around three, a study that took participants who wanted to exercise and they've broke them up into three groups. And I think one group said something like, um, you know, I'm going to exercise next week or whatever. Um, the second group were I think given, and they're all given a little bit of motivation. The other group was told, oh, I'm going to exercise, you know, Tuesdays and Thursdays or something. Uh, and then the third group was told, we'll, we'll say, we're, we're instructed to be very specific, right? And, and journal it and say, I'm going to, you know, exercise Thursday at 3 p.m. after my meeting with Nick and et cetera, et cetera. The first two groups, and they were kind of told the benefits of exercise and everything else. And then the, the second group was given a motivational speech about health and whatever. And only 38% and 35% for group one and two actually adhere to any kind of exercise thing in that three-week study. But in the third group, which gave a specific daytime place that they were going to do the exercise, 91% uh, of the group were engaged with the exercise. And this is why often with coaching clients, I say, put your exercise scheduled into your calendar, right? Because Yes, you might not do it all the time, but every time you probably look at your calendar like 40 times a day, you're going to have that subconscious reminder. But also, in order for a meeting to take place, it has to bump your exercise out of the way or something. And I'm just wondering whether there's a way that you can use that same philosophy for your gaming. So you say, and you've already done that because I can't remember what day you say, but you say, you yeah, know, I don't do Wednesdays. Okay, Wednesday. So Wednesdays between 8 and 9.30, I'm doing my connection and game stuff right and that's it and so it's kind of like going in with that with that philosophy it might work that way as well you might say well actually this is my scheduled time put it in my calendar and don't yeah. schedule the practice time and this that, and the other it might work for you and also you can give it a trial and you can you can rather than because sometimes we do things open-ended Rather than say, oh, I'm going to do this, you say, I'm going to have a six weeks trial. And then if not, I'm going to sell, sell the products. Or, yeah. Or a month. I'm like that. I'll never forget as a kid, I, mean, I used to play championship manager, right? <laughs> this is something I'm going to lose people here. So I'll try and keep it brief. Championship manager is a game that just takes your life away. And you basically take clubs from whatever and you buy players, sell them. And, and it's all fiction on a computer screen. And I, I, it used to record how long you played it for, and it was kind of a feature in settings. I found it later on. I, th I can't remember what the exact time was, but something along the lines of, you've played this for 26 days of your life. I, I, I honestly felt sick. I felt like I'd lost loads of money on a huge gamble. And it was like 26 days, 26 times 24 hours lost playing a computer game that means absolutely mm. nothing. 
doesn't add anything to my life. I can't yeah. use it. Although there are lots of comedy stories of people, championship manager players applying to managers of big football clubs because they're taking extra city to the Champions League final or whatever. And as comedic as that might be, the reality is I, I got rid of everything. I don't think I've played anything since. It was it. That mm. was the moment I kind of went, nah, this just isn't healthy. Like, yeah. What am I doing? What could I have done with 26 days of my life? You add up those times, of, which yeah. is probably double, triple that because a lot of that time in reality, you're asleep. And, and so, yeah. I could have written books, learned an instrument, learned like, done any of those I things. I mean, it, it, all it, I've done it actually is take Exeter City I mean, to I the think, Champions League final. <laughs> I think I, I figured that out with football years ago, and I kind of stopped watching football maybe twenty five years ago. I just, I think it was at uni actually, because I remember seeing a bunch of my uni friends, and yes, it's a great way to connect and et cetera, et cetera. And I think it I is a good way. Yeah. Um, but I also saw the inordinate amount of time that people spend knowing things about. The st- it's not just the it's not just the hour and a half sitting watching the game there it's the, I mean, the world has moved on there's a world of fpl now where uh, stats oh yeah. are coming out your yeah it's, eyeballs it's all yeah. the other stuff as well and so you know then i went to just watching the england games when i wanted to with the pub and all that now i don't really even watch those unless i'm going to go with people and, and, and watch it somewhere because it's just a waste of my time now i waste time in other ways i'll, I'll fully admit that right but I just felt like something like that on a consistent basis, like you worked out 26 days, is just going to eat up eat up time that could be otherwise spent doing other things. Um, I don't know if other people get get the guilt feeling. I mean, I do. I, the other day I got trained to, to London, right? And I had a plan. I had a scheduled plan. I hadn't written it down. Maybe that was part of the problem. Mm. But in my mind, I had a scheduled plan. I told, I'd, I'd confirmed it to my wife of what I was going to do on the route down, the route back. And I brought a book that I wanted to read with me. I thought, I'm going to, should be able to get through at least half of this book by the time I get back. And I said to Lucy, I'm, I'm looking forward to reading it because I'll be able to give you some, I'll tell you some of the outcomes when I get back, right? I didn't read any of it. It's still in my book unread. This was the mm. weekend we just come back from. Because I got distracted by, funnily enough, some of the football statistics we were talking about, reading up the write-ups of the games we'd watched with my friends in, in the pub and whatever. And before you know it, several hours have passed and you've, you haven't done anything. And I, you... I get this feeling of overwhelming, like, I don't know, it's in my stomach. Like, like you've lost money. That's how it feels. Like, oh, I feel mm. a bit sick. I've just lost two, three hours of, of time, which was being dedicated. No no distractions in terms of, in theory, I could you know, could have just sat yeah. down. No, no, no kids, no wife. I'm just sat on a train. Like, this is the perfect time. I don't need Wi-Fi to read or anything like that. It's just me and a book. And I ended up being on my phone. And it's like, by the end of it, I've lost that time. I've considered myself to be someone who has the superpower to be really focused. Yeah. But in that moment, I now feel guilty. I get back and feel guilty for doing it. And uh, yes, for but, sure. I don't I mean, think I really did it with awareness on the way back. It was just I got distracted and ended yeah. up in a, in a rabbit hole. And before I knew it, it was too late. Well, because um, the pull is so strong, right? The pull is so strong with these with these particular devices. They're not they're not benign devices. It's not like um like uh, a knife. For example, where you have to actively go into the drawer and pick it up, right? Yeah. It's worse because it comes and calls to you, right? There's the beeps and there's the constant visual trigger from other people. Um, before I kind of go through that, I just wanted to <laughs> what jumped at my head because um, I get distracted in supermarkets sometimes, right? So I go in for one thing, and then you you get distracted and you want other things. What I've come to doing a lot of the time, especially when it comes to like towards the checkout, I know they've moved a lot of the sweets away from the checkouts now. As I literally will put my hands up, you know, like how horses have got their heart, their things on the on the side of their eyes, so they can yeah, just, yeah. the blinkers. I literally blinkers. often will because I know it's there, and I just do that, 
and I like put my hands around my eyes and it actually does work. I, I'm just, I just, I just don't see the thing, even though I kind of know it's there. Because if I see it, I'm like, again, like we, we're, we're designed to notice like shiny things and things moving and whatever else. I'll see it and I'll be like, oh, maybe I'll just buy that. Maybe I'll just do this. And so it, I mean, this is, I guess, the third part of the framework that Nia Yale talks about, which is then you go to reducing external triggers. So for example, on the, on the train, I guess one thing you could do is put the phone in your bag and put the bag on the, on the, on the, on the yeah. shelf. So it's not just within your pocket in, in easy reach, but you have to do that whilst you're in that frame of mind to do that. And I, I and when I do that, things work for me. When I've got it close by, I'm like you, I've got like a magazine or a book or whatever. And then I'm like, oh, let me just check this. Oh, now the signal has come back. Let me just, yeah, then, I know. then it's, it's game over. So that would be re reduce the external triggers, which, you know, of which there are loads, but like out of sight, out of mind is, is one of the, the best ones. But some of the things I do on my phone uh, at night, I'm not sure if you noticed it, or other people notice it sometimes, but it goes automatically into grayscale at like nine o'clock because it makes it less appealing when you, you know, when you watch yeah, it. I think I've got, I haven't done that, but I probably could set that up. Yeah, you set, I set it up and it goes nine, nine o'clock till I think first alarm or something. You can set it up really sophisticatedly now. Um, and it does work actually, um, but just, you know, different things. I mean, there's lots of tips we won't go into, but because they're the, they're the things that really you need to address the first two things, which is managing your state and, and having your schedule. But then the last yeah. step really that, that I like, and I call it RAF, um, I like my acronyms, but it's rules allow freedom. Got so a lot, lot of them. <laughs> I have a lot of acronyms. They're good I like, though. I like the focus one. Yeah. So focus one wasn't my one. I, I heard that somewhere else, but uh, rules allow freedom, RAF. What that means is a lot of times people think that I've got certain rules and they're like, isn't that so restrictive? You've got this rule about this and this. Reality is I don't have that many rules, but rules do allow freedom. And what I mean by that is sometimes when you have a certain like schedule or rule where you say, right, um, so years ago I, I created a rule that every Sunday I was going to release a YouTube video no matter what was going on. Just like today we've got a rule that every Monday we're meeting for our, our podcast chats, but then it allows flexibility around that. Because when you've got that structure and when you've got those rules in place, you allow that creativity to, to come elsewhere. If yeah. there's nothing in place, then everything is just chaos, right? It's uh, to, to kind of put a physics term to it. And so I think a lot of people, they don't like the idea of rules because they think, you know, governments, they think schooling, they think parenting, where like you've got all these rules about you. But if you set some personal rules for yourself, um, you know, or pre-commitments, if you like, where you where you you talk about what you're going to do ahead of time. Um, like for example, um, I have a, a thing on my on my on my laptop called Self Control, which is a, a MacBook app, which you can put the websites into that you don't want to access for you know a certain period of time. And it doesn't matter how many times you re reboot your computer or shower your computer, it's not going to let you to access those. So you you put that rule in place so that when, you know, so if I want to do some focus work, say two hours working on a presentation, I will put the websites in that I need to block, like Twitter or YouTube or whatever. And then I'll just go and work like that. And then after two hours, I have that flexibility to have the reward of looking at whatever else. To be honest, I don't use it so much now because I, I've tended to go off. Uh, I used to be a bit more disciplined with it, I expect. Yeah, and I used it mainly for Twitter. And I created a rule about three months ago that I was going to look at Twitter for three months, which actually is almost coming up on the 18th of but, November. 
What's interesting though is doing those things, they create good habits. And eventually you don't need you don't need the tools anymore yes. because it's habit forming, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, and I think that's that that's a really that's a really good lesson that you've you've highlighted there because you want to create good habits. I mean, you can't do these big goals, these big things if we're distracted by all the small things. So I think with that in mind, some sometimes I'm trying to get better at and I, you know, generally I think I'm pretty good. I don't get that distracted that often because usually there's too many things I want to do, and therefore I can't allow myself to get too distracted. Uh, however, that doesn't mean I'm, I'm not susceptible to it. But I think if I'm able, like anything, if we're coaching someone, you tend to coach to raise awareness and being awareness of the things we're doing, the choices we're making at any one time so we can make informed decisions about what we're doing. I think the idea, um, and Simon Sinek has, has, has obviously become renowned for the word why and finding a why. Mm-hmm. But if we ask ourselves the reasons to why, and if I'd actually had the awareness to ask myself the reason why I was looking at those distractions on the train back, and why actually I wanted to read the book, and I put them side by side, I know which one would have won out. I just didn't have the awareness to have that conversation mm. with myself in that moment. Because uh, often, you know, if, if if the reason you're doing something, if your why actually is to try and get gratification from other people, as you've said before, and, we've, and I've said before, no one else can make you feel anything. But we have this mm. um, misconception that actually if somebody likes my post, if if I do this thing that people will like me more or whatever, if we're able to remove that from your why, because actually no one can make you feel anything, it might be a little bit more productive as well. Because I I just lost that time. So I hadn't thought about my why. I was just being a bit lazy, I think. And I was easily, I was a bit hungover. I was also hungover hungover as well. So it was pretty easy Mm. for me to get distracted out for two nights with my closest friends. And looking at football news and stats just seemed like a way easier thing to do than self-development. Um, however, had I, had I had that conversation with myself, I think I would have actually changed course, particularly if I knew how it would feel later. But again, I get off this train, have that conversation. If I do this now, Nick, why am I doing it? I'm going to get off this train and realize that I've done absolutely nothing to add I mean, to this very rare opportunity I have to have two or three hours by myself doing something productive. Um, Don't waste I mean, the opportunity. To be honest, you mentioned something there that I want to jump on because it's something that I often think about. Um, and, it, and I think you said something along the lines of well, essentially what it is, is thinking about your future self, right? Your, your future self yeah. from you reading that book or whatever else. And and often that's what I think about when I'm thinking about the gym, right? I, and I'll be honest, 99, no, not 99, but probably about 90% of the time that I go and work out, I'd often rather not. You know, like today after I actually um, I had quite a lot of talks because I was a boys school and they're all into exercise and sport. So I had quite a lot of talks about sport and, and gyms and all that sort of stuff. And so and I took my gym kit with me. And and the reason I took my gym kit with me, even though I was actually going to pass my house on the way to the gym. So I could have just gone and got it. I know that I would. right? I'd come home with all the goodwill in the world to like pick up my bag and go. And I wouldn't. And so I have to put the least amount of blockages in there that are going to roadblocks in there. And so I took the gym kit and the, the speech motivated me. And I told them that I said, oh, you know, I was wavering, but now you've got me going because it's my future self that is going to thank me. And so often when I'm making decisions about certain things, not always, but often I'm thinking about my future self, my myself in 10 minutes, myself in 10 days, 10 years, whatever. And it's that that I think a lot of people don't do because they, they, they're thinking about that instant moment. Yeah. rather than the future self, which is going to thank them. But also, it's also worth, and when I, when I talk about habit formation, which is not what we're talking about now, but there's one of the things that I say in uh, in my system for habit formation, which is forgive, but don't forget. 
what that means is that normally I recommend people try and do the habit that they're doing. Let's say it's a daily habit that you don't ever miss more than one day in a row. And what that means is like, forgive yourself for being less than perfect, like, you know, checking your football stats and, and things, but then don't forget, i.e. don't forget the habit altogether. Right. So let's say, you know, the habit was to read every time you're on the train and now you're like, oh, well, I've, I've screwed up that one time. So now I'm just going to screw up for the rest of the week or whatever. It's like, forgive yourself. Right. We're not all perfect, but then, don't forget the actual act. Also, don't forget how it makes you feel two hours from now if you stick with that task because that's that's yeah. that gutting feeling. Or also, don't forget how it makes you feel when you haven't done that. And actually, that's also something that's maybe worth videoing or recording yourself. Like, all right, future Nick, I uh, I said I was going to do this. I'm feeling lousy about this now. Yeah. yeah. And you maybe see that once in a you while. Know you know what? There, I think there's some, uh, a lot of validity in what you just mentioned. I haven't done that video thing, but you know, taking the coaching principles of raising awareness where – the thought, the conversations we have in our head, the way that we think about a conversation is significantly different to how it sounds when we say things out loud. The way that our thought processes work, the way we articulate words, you know, we can we can articulate them way, way faster in our minds in a thought process than we can verbalize them. So when you say things out loud, they sound different. So actually that is an opportunity to, you know, just say, hey, Nick, what are you doing? You know this is going to lead. You're not going to thank yourself for this in two hours. Record it at that moment and go back to us. I think it is actually a clever thing to do. Um, interestingly, on your future self piece, because this this links to so many things. There's, I don't, I'm sure it wasn't theirs, but someone once said to me quite recently, and I can't think who it was. Um, so it was recent, so it's not mine. But they said, uh, with 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 hindsight, we always have 2020 vision. Yeah. Right. If it is a look back, it's always really clear. You know what you could have, should have, would have yeah. done. But uh, you know, that kind of is, is the opposite way around of what you were talking about with the uh, the future self thing. It's really important. If we think about who we want to be, it's often who we become. Now, I don't know for those, I'm sure many people have read The Secret or you know, we may or may not believe in, in that in, in its entirety. But the idea being, if we think of our future self and we think positively about who we want to be, who we want to become, actually be amazed at how many good things come your way. And that's because we are hopefully in that moment, if we're visualizing it, you're going to be less distracted. You're going to be more focused on the things that allow us to achieve that goal or that outcome. Yeah. Um, you know, if I want to achieve a good Ironman result, but I'm constantly eating donuts or skipping training sessions, I might get to the Ironman start line. I'm not going to get the result I wanted. And the only yeah. person I can blame for that is myself because I've allowed myself to be distracted or haven't visualized uh, or, or taken the correct the actions that I've needed and my future self would need in order to get the result. Well, I think actually as a point of coaching, um, what would be useful is to get coached by two people. That, now, those two people are you, but one is your future self where you didn't get the goal and the result you wanted and they coach you on what they did. And then yeah. the other is the one that did get the result that you want and they coach you when you do. And we can do that. You can do this as a visualization exercise with people and you, you get them to visualize sure. them and they, they look in the mirror or whatever. And it's that person talking back to them and say, okay, well, actually, yeah, I, you know, I ate too many donuts and I had this and, you know, I regret that, whatever. And then the other person is like, yeah, you know, I got up at five o'clock and I did work and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I think it's a useful kind of, you know, exercise to do or imagination exercise to do and to think about your two future selves and what they, they each would say to you. Because I think that's, you know, that's something that I thought about a lot over the years, even before I got into coaching and personal development was that future, future self. I've always had that kind of awareness. In fact, I think it stems back from alcohol, believe it or not. I think I've told you the story haven't I told the listeners the story about me giving up wine and alcohol when I was 12? Yeah, yeah, when you were young. I think. Yeah. 
And so I think you said as well, I haven't drunk since I was 13 years old. Like, yeah, yeah. But I gave up wine uh, and alcohol <laughs> for two years from about 12 to 14. And then I had the alcohol again. But then I didn't have wine till 22. But the point I'm trying to make is, and you've known me not really be a massive, massive drinker. And one of the reasons is my body firstly doesn't accept alcohol very often in that if I'm drunk, nine times out of 10, I'm going to be physically sick. And so for me, going out drinking like, um, you know, when we go on the cycle trips, for example, and, and uh, now everyone drinks pretty much every night and goes have three, four beers or whatever. Firstly, I've not had more than that. I don't drink beer anyway, but like I remember when I was 16, I think I had like eight pints uh, when I was in Cyprus once with a friend of mine and I was staying at his house and and I was basically on the couch throwing up into this bucket like and his mom just was probably not very impressed with me. Uh, we're still friends now, actually, but when I see alcohol and I see us on the cycle trip having a beer, I don't see us having a beer and having a jolly and having a good time. I see me the next morning with a stonking headache, having thrown up and having to go and do 70 miles on the bike or yeah. whatever else. And so I, I've always jumped into that forward person ever since I was probably in my early 20s, because when I was at uni, I was my second year at uni in the first term. I remember being sick on average, once a week from alcohol. That's about 16 times in that first term. I mean, a lot of people will say there's a lot of goodness in purging, you know, those, those things. Well, purging, yeah. I'm purging joking, you, you know. Do, for some I people, that's... <laughs> not so much purging when you're doing like 16 vodkas and, and wherever else. When we and talked so, about the episode really on uh, on psychedelics, where yeah, you have to purge to go through the process. and you Yeah, I mean... There is... I'm not but, saying it's good. I'm but the point I'm trying to make, I guess, is that I see my future self hung over the toilet bowl and that yeah. often stops me from doing the thing so i've thought about this like maybe 25 years ago and that's actually what's helped me with with a lot of the exercise or or writing the book or doing certain things is my future yeah. self i'm thinking of it's, it, it, it's, 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 it's a good point and it's well it's well well framed for those that are listening i think um to add to that something that i've tried to do then um on a similar basis is you know the coaching that i had a couple of years ago with, with graham is brilliant for me was trying to get better work-life balance, trying to be more present in, in inverted commas with my kids and my family and everything else. And I often found myself distracted by my phone. So I had no, and it wasn't that I was um, looking at football stuff. I'd I'd often be working and I'd have LinkedIn mm. notifications that pop in. But it's uh, you know, and, and very simple formula was turn the notifications off, don't do work, yeah. isn't that? Yeah. But sometimes, ever so often, if my phone is with me in my pocket or in the living room with me when we're spending time with the kids, now and again I'll still get distracted, and I think. That's potentially normal for all of us, but nowhere near as much as it used to be. Well, it's common. But it's that idea of looking at your future self as well. But you can do it in a much, uh, it doesn't always have to be over big moments of not, not taking anything away from your example, because yeah. it's a perfect one, the toilet bowl. But actually, it's just if I'm being distracted now, what am I not? It's like, what am I saying no to? If I say yes to this, what am I saying no to? We've done this before. When you say no, what you're saying yes to, when you say yes, we say no to. And if I'm saying yes to distraction with my phone, and I can remind myself in that instant moment, Every time I say yes to looking at LinkedIn, I'm saying no to being present with my kids. Mm. Every time I say yes to responding to that football message or looking at that football score, I'm saying no to being with my kids or being with my family. Now, sometimes I may, may I may make the conscious decision that knowing what Spurs are doing in the UEFA Cup or they'll be knocked out this year, but in the Premier League, right, and we can't watch it for whatever reason, I'll be a conscious decision. Say I'm going to make this decision that I want to check my phone for this reason. Uh, but anyway, it's it's a mini- miniature moment. But for many people, they can go down the rabbit hole of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. They start scrolling on YouTube 
and they think it's five minutes. And you know, as you say, the, the algorithms, yeah. the intelligence of these platforms, yeah. I mean, you can lose hours. Oh, yeah. And you look back and realize you've, you've, you've learned nothing or you've done yeah. nothing. But what you have done is taken yourself, it's not just impacting you, you've taken yourself away from being a parent, being a yeah. partner. Absolutely. Being whatever. And we talk about in the introduction, this show hopefully is to help people become better fathers, better business people, whatever it is you want to be better at. Understanding when you say yes to that distraction, ask yourself one question. What are you saying no to? Now, earlier I said, ask yourself the why. I actually think that on reflection, what are you saying no to is a more powerful question. For me, it would yeah. be on that train ride home. When I say yes to this distraction, I'm saying no to reading that book. That would have put me back in alignment and gone, I don't want to say no to reading that book. And I may have changed my decision, but I didn't I mean, ask myself that question. You could set this up almost like a Pavlov, Pavlov dog type thing for the listeners now. And um, and I, I've been with you, I think. Uh, we met up last last year brief or earlier this year, I think. But I did notice there was quite a lot of notifications. I have no notifications on my phone. I don't think of any sort. Uh, but I have, a, I have a system in place. But what I want the audience now to think of, especially if you have a, a, an audible ding, is every time you hear that ding, just like Nick said, you're saying yes to that distraction. What are you saying no to? And, and put it in your head ahead of time. So you just said, oh, I'm saying no to my family or I'm saying no to my career or whatever the thing might be. And if you know in the, in the, ahead of time, a bit like Pavlov's dog, every time you hear the ding, every time you see the notification, you'll be reminded I'm saying no to a better relationship with my family. I'm saying no to this. And then it's actually going to be quite a good thing because you're going to get this Pavlov, Pavlov kind of dunk situation where you're going to be like, going, oh, suddenly all of that is reminding me that I'm saying no to this, I'm no, no to this. And then eventually maybe you'll turn up the notifications or whatever it might be. But I suggest doing things like that anyway. And, and like, for example, I have none of my uh, apps easily accessible. So my home screen is just blank. It's just a vision board. And then I go to my next screen to get things like my WhatsApp or I don't know, something else like my calendar. Um, but then to get things like, first, I don't have Facebook on my phone anyway anymore for the last probably eight years. Um, but I have Instagram in there and it's buried. It's buried somewhere. So that's the other thing is when you go searching for your app, don't search and for your app by scrolling. Search by typing because otherwise if you scroll, you might get distracted by another app that you didn't plan to, to do. And yeah, yeah. There's happens, all these little yeah. hacks. But like I say, these hacks, we, of which I I can tell people hundreds of these. I don't know if that's actually a hack. I mean, notifications off is a hack. That's a hack. But I don't think, say, yeah. we're saying no, you say yes, we say no to is a hack. That's something you can... Improve. No, no, that's not a hack. That's not a hack. You can, that's that actually can impact your life on loads of levels. Lots of people listening to this might be taking on too much at work, too much at home. They might have just said yes to going out on a social thing with someone. They've actually realized yeah. that they're doing it. You know, we most of us, and there's a, loads of books about carrying monkeys on our backs and all of the things we do yeah. to overload, eventually we break. A lot of people, because we're very good natured, will say yes to lots and lots of things. Yeah. In reality, until you see it all the way up, either something breaks down yeah. and you wondered why it's so broken down, what you're going to do is because you haven't asked yourself the question each time. When I say yes to that thing, you think you're helping one yeah. person. And therefore, you know, someone asks you to do a favor and you say yes, because you want to be kind to that favor and you want to be kind to that person. But ask yourself the question, if I say yes to that favor of that person, am I saying no to four other people that rely on me or five other people, yeah. or 10 other people? And we often don't think about it that way around because we're so eager to please. 
And I'm not saying we then start saying no to everybody about us. It's about having a awareness. Oh, that's awareness it. about what we're saying no to or yes to in that moment. And then you can add it up on a on a, on some you know visual scales of, of life and go, I want to help that person. Yes, I'm saying no to being my with my wife tonight, but that person really needs me and that's fine. But yeah. it's that awareness is way more important. I mean, I think yes, that's some, and then I'm forgetting doing... I'm supposed to be out with my wife. Something I'm doing at the moment, where, where, which is, ties into what you're talking about, is I, I'm doing that a lot more, more with my sleep because I'm thinking I'm, I'm doing my best to get to bed a bit earlier because I think I've been creeping to... I think last night, for example, I did go to bed at midnight according to my aura ring and I was up at six. Now, it wasn't that bad because Saturday night I had nine and a half hours in bed, so I, I wasn't that tired. But I'm often thinking because... You know, 10 o'clock, 10.30. I know if I go to bed between 10 and 10.30, when I wake up at 6, I feel pretty amazing. If I go to bed 11, 11.30, I'm going to feel okay, but I'm not going to feel really great. And and so now I'm thinking to myself, if I say yes to that extra episode of Friends or whatever, and I say, and I actually did this the other day because I was watching Oppenheimer, uh, the movie, and it's three hours long. And I, I'd got about two hours in and I was like, yeah, I yeah, I'm not. I don't have to get up the next day for anything particularly. But if I say yes to that extra hour, I'm going to suddenly shift my sleep, and I'll end up with social jet lag effectively for the for the first part of the week. And so I was like, oh, you know what? Just stop it. I <laughs> just watch the other hour a different day. And so I've been using that a lot more recently. Just saying, okay, I've got to say no to the movie or whatever it is so i can yeah. say yes the feeling great the next morning which i'm going to have to do tonight and this week because i'm i've got five i've got two uh you know what? we're all human so that's a really good example with the movie because people can relate to to that potentially they've got a movie on tonight or they're watching uh married at first sight and they want to put another episode on whatever it is right i say that because that's become a bit of an addiction in my household um but you want to put another one on to see what happens you no know, go to bed so I was really proud of myself. And I'm going to shout out Joe, who um, I haven't really been out with that many times. He was part of the group I was with at the weekend who helped me with this. And sometimes we need a bit of support from those around us, right? I was asking the question mm. out loud. I actually had the conversation with him. I want to say yes for these reasons. But what I do, I'm saying no to these for these reasons. So bear in mind, we've been out drinking for about eight hours. This is on the second night, right? right? Been a lot a long day. We're all pretty drunk, which means your decisions are already uh, slightly uh, mixed yeah. up. So... Every time we meet up, we have a history of going to a casino. And it's just something we've always done. And we like a gamble and that's all fine. But I wasn't feeling it this time. And I was like, I don't want to lose any money, particularly in this moment in time. And that's a potential. Obviously, you could win. But potentially, more likely than not, I'm going to lose. I'm also going to mean I'm going to be there for several hours, which means going to be a, what was about midnight, half past midnight. It'll turn into a half three, half four a.m. finish. And we'll be up the following day. I didn't want to do that. It also probably means I'm going to eat worse food and I won't exercise mm. the following day. Yeah. So I had this conversation. So I want to say yes, because it's something we always do. But just because we've yeah. always done it doesn't mean we always have to do it. And I had that yeah. conversation. I won't have to, I'll have FOMO because I really suffer from FOMO, and it, especially with my friends in that moment. And so I'll be going back on my own, whatever. It turns out he was like, well, I'm not, I'm not going to go. So that made me feel slightly better. So I was like, well, I'm not going to go. So I didn't do it. So that was the first thing. And I woke up the following day and did a 10K run on a hangover. You can see it on Strava, hangover run, it's titles, right? I did 10K. I ran through London. I wouldn't say it was the prettiest of runs. I wouldn't say I woke up in, in you know, perfect. But I was in bed by half past 12, having been in London with my friends I haven't seen for a long time, which is pretty good. I didn't eat loads of bad food. I had a good night's sleep. Managed to run the following day. And that was where I didn't lose any money. So that was really, really positive. So that's the first action. Second was night number two, right? Again, uh, we, we ran out. And we're late night, we get back. We hadn't eaten. 
A friend of mine said, do you want to get a pizza? I was like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. So let's do it. So we ordered the pizza. But had, at this point, the conversation happened. I'm just showing my human side. Right? And I, yeah, as, yeah. as you know, I will eat bad food now and again, particularly after all day drinking sessions. So the pizza gets ordered to the hotel room, comes back. I even sent a picture of it to my wife. So there's the pizza. Uh, late, late, late night munchies, whatever. And I told, said to myself, well, I do want this because I'm starving. I haven't eaten. If I eat all of this, though, it's going to put me back. So I, I decided to have a halfway house. And I've never left food on my plate in a million years. Mm. Anyone that knows me knows if there's food there, I'll eat it. Yeah. I ate half of the pizza and said no to the rest on the basis that it's I've eaten enough bad stuff tonight. I'd still want to feel fit. It's going to put me back following next week. And I don't really want to go sleeping on that. And I, I'll tell you, anyone knows me. And I know it's a small example. I have never left pizza on like that yeah. in my life. Woke up the following day, didn't need it because obviously it's you know night's gone. So there, two little things, small examples. Well, interesting I as well. Ten k one, feel better for it, and I was quite proud of myself. With that pizza one, you you exhibited what I would call the CIA, right? The choice in advance. You made the decision before you went into the pizza. I think didn't you before that you were going to yeah. only have half it, and it it makes a big difference. I think I talk about part of this in my first book, the Thought Gym, when it comes to food. Uh, when you make food, to before you even sit down and eat, take the portion away that you want to save for the next time. Because I know. I'll make a big stir fry, which is enough for four people, and I will eat all, all of it for myself. Yeah. And, you know, we have this from our, our upbringing, especially if you're in a large household or Greek household. It's always like, eat more and don't leave food on your plate and starving children. Yeah, the same, same for me. And, same. and all of that. And so it's hardwired into our head to not, not leave food. And actually, it's a good thing to maybe encourage people to leave, like even a chip. So I think in my book, I suggested that, like eat a whole thing and then just leave one chip. And just start to get used to the idea of leaving a little bit of food to make it okay, right? Um, so there, yeah, interesting examples. And um, yeah, good, good on you for doing that. Um, I, I'm sure your 10K is still ridiculously fast, even on a hangover. Uh, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure it was, but I know what, it was beautiful yeah. because it was um, it was a crisp morning. Everyone was getting ready for Remembrance Sunday. You know, everyone was getting, building up. All, all the roads were closed, all the guards out. It was actually... And again, something that I would not know that I'd missed it because if I'd mm. gone out later, I would have missed it and not been any the wiser. But it turns out I did the run, saw the sights on, and all the way to, 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 to St. James's Park from Olga East. And um, when I went through St. Paul's, went through all yeah, the, lovely the, route. the stands. It was like, you know what? This is this is really enjoyable. This is really nice. I did it on my own. Nice. Yeah. Um, and it was, I would never have achieved that. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm quite proud of myself. I'm getting yeah. back into what I needed to do. So there we are. I started yeah, with donuts really- and Diet Coke and I finished with half a pizza and a hangover. But hey. That's good. I'm going to go and make a, a muzzamun curry, I think, um, tonight. A tofu, tofu, mushroom, and yellow pepper muzzamun curry, which I do do quite like. So uh, I think that's what's it's nice. It's later than I'd like to eat, but the, the challenge was, I was never going to make it in the 30 minutes that I, I had uh, before. <laughs> oh, well, I could have made it possibly, but not not eating it as well. So I'm going to eat a bit later tonight, which is not what I like to do, but um, it is what it is. So forgive, it but don't forget. There we go. Well, it's been good to catch up, man. I'm looking forward to uh, our, our next chat. We need to probably bring food into the, uh, the arena at some point soon. Or no, I think we should talk about boredom in more detail next time as well. So yeah, I think we should actually. Um, I think, uh, you know, and we... Yeah, there's so much to be said around productivity. I have something that I'm very, uh, I would say, uh, am I ashamed? I feel very bad about an action I took in relation to boredom, which I'll bring to the show next time, which I've learned okay. from. So we'll, we'll, we'll go there. I don't mind right, admitting my, my, my full, my, uh, 
yeah, the bad side of, of me. So I had no idea it was having the impact it did until mm. a lot, lot later. So uh, I'll bring that up in the next show. Oh, that's interesting. All right. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing all about that. Nice. Okay, cool. Well, um, it's been a good one. And um, I look forward to chatting next week. And to all our listeners, thank you. Remember, please do share, like, subscribe, um, leave us a comment here and there or a review if you can. That'd be really good um, for our show. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you as well whenever we... Yeah, and big shout out to Vicky for managing our whatsapp uh, not you know, whatsapp our uh, instagram, instagram channel yeah yeah so do do uh respond and reach out to us there tag us i think at the thought gym and at nick j day and yeah. we can all see those messages and we can respond yeah good stuff right buddy i will uh i'll see you same time next week take care see you later stay safe cheers buddy thank you for tuning in to the mindful past podcast with nick day and harry kalimnios we hope you found our discussion insightful and gained valuable takeaways to support you on your journey. Please, please, please do leave us a review on your preferred podcast platform and share an episode that's resonated with you with a friend or a family member who you think may also find it valuable. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to ensure you never miss a future episode. In the meantime, we'll continue exploring mindful path topics to provide you with more insights and ideas to support your personal growth. For now, thank you for your support and we look forward to bringing you the next episode of the Mindful Past podcast real soon.